Welcome to the Lions Lounge. Grab a seat on your favorite beverage. The team will be with you shortly. Here we go. This the money play. This is it. Let's see what the Lions dial up. Two seconds to go. From the Falcon 11-yard line, down by six. Final play of the game. Stafford empty out of the gun. He's got it back. Looks, looks. Pumps one. Steps up. Looks both. Hey, 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 welcome into another edition of Tyler's Take, the Lions Lounge version of Tyler's Take. I just wanted to come by and talk a little bit about the Lions a little bit more. Sam and I dove pretty deep into what our thoughts were over the last few weeks since the draft, and I think the Lions are doing pretty, pretty well. They had their first day of rookie minicamp today, minus an swell because he tested positive for COVID-19. Apparently his positive test came uh, back about a week ago. So according to Eric Schlitt, he probably won't be back until the second set of minicamp. So it'll be a little bit before we see him on the field, but that's okay. Let's let him get healthy. We know that this COVID disease, if you want to call it that, is something that shouldn't take be taken lightly. So, we wish uh, Sewell a speedy recovery, for sure. Now, what I want to touch on, really, is the two defensive linemen, the defensive tackles that we took. Levi Onzurike and Aline McNeil. I think these two guys, just looking at the photos and some of the quick shot videos that they had of the first night of rookie minicamp or day, if you will, they look pretty stout. They don't look like little boys, you know, playing this game. They look like men that have been playing this game for a few years. So I think that this thing is going to be a delightful thing to watch on this defensive line. I think... Our defensive line has just gotten so much better with these two. I mean, just Aline McNeil's physical attributes, what this guy can do athletically is just phenomenal. I mean, somebody who can knock a baseball, you know, 350, 400 feet plus. One who can take the handoff and run it up the right side and go for a touchdown and stretch the field and, you know, be as big as he is take it the distance and then you flip him over and he does I believe he had even played linebacker for a little while before he even went down into the trenches so this guy is an athlete I think he's going to do quite well and surprise a lot of people maybe not so many people maybe maybe knowing uh, what happened with Philadelphia and them wanting Aline McNeil you know maybe knowing what we know about those guys it just shows you that the rest of the NFL may have thought the same thing. Who knows? I mean, this stuff doesn't just come out of the, the well. They, it just materializes later, it seems like. But um, I don't know. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Um, Fatu Malafanwu, he could play safety based on his size. Outside corner. Slide into the slot if you needed to, if you needed a bigger slot. 
be that box guy. I'm not really going to call it a box safety, but be that box guy if we were to play a 3-3-5. And then you have uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, who I think, I mean, based on some of the videos that we saw on this little clip, if you go look at DetroitLions.com, He's, he's got some hands, man. He can snatch the ball. There's one shot in particular that I saw. I don't have the minute marker, so I can't really reference it for you. But take a look at that video. It's floating all over Twitter through the Lions page. I'm sure it'll be on DetroitLions.com a little bit later this weekend so we can kind of see how this, you know, this rookie class is doing. But I think, you know, somebody that... Is handsy like that is going to be a good addition to this team. Obviously, we lost the two guys that were excellent at contested catches. So, I'm really liking this. And then Der- uh, Derek Barnes on on the the back end of that draft. I mean, right behind Amon Ra. I, I just think he's going to be a phenomenal pick for this team as well. He could end up being your Mike linebacker captain guy that we've sought of since. Stephen Tulloch. He kind of reminds me of Stephen Tulloch a little bit in one his you know his, his stature for one. Uh, I do believe he is a little bit bigger than Tulloch, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have the, the measurements in front of me, but just looking at him on film, he's quick. He is so fast. There is one video, and I will post it later in on Twitter just so I can reference that. So go, be sure to check my at Tyler Roke Tyler's Take Twitter handle. And I'll post that video, and I'll put the, the minute marker again. I, I did it once, so I will retweet it. But I just think that it's something that needs to be hit on because it's one of those things to where pure speed may not be measured all the time. You know, I mean, maybe they run a 40, and it's slow. You know, they've got game speed, and it's slow and fast and, and so forth. But this particular play is so simple at least watching it from the air or the TV or the as far away as us fans do. But on the field, it's got to be very difficult. And he made it look so easy. I mean, he took a slot receiver who was in motion from right to left. Kind of one of those swing passes, you know, form of running game type you know, bubble screen. It really wasn't a bubble screen, but he, he threw it behind the line of scrimmage. So it was a running play. But... The closing speed that Barnes showed, weaving in and out of his own defending, his own defending players or the players on his side, and not getting picked, but yet making a beeline and stuffing the player or the the running back receiver, I guess, but stuffing him at the line of scrimmage or maybe even a yard loss. But that just showed me that that guy is hungry for football. That guy knows how to tackle. That guy knows how to diagnose plays. I think he's one of the more exciting guys on our draft class. And I don't know if it's just because we don't have linebacking play like we would like. We didn't draft a linebacker early like a lot of those uh, backers were actually dropping in this draft. So I'm actually really happy with the Barnes pick. I, I... jumped on him a little bit later in the draft process so I didn't know a ton of information on him but after this draft and watching some of the film and just knowing what I know now I think this is a, a steal of a pick a steal of a pick I really do I believe Amon Ra as well uh, is is as well and I guess you could 
<laughs> you could pretty much lump everybody in if, except for maybe the two DTs. Because who knew that Panay Suel was going to be there at seven? I mean, I think everybody thought that there was a really high chance that Cincinnati was going to take Suel. And when they passed on him, and then when Miami passed on him, it was real. I mean, I I pretty much knew that Suel was going to be the pick. I mean, I guess in, in the back of my mind, I, I, I did feel that Devontae Smith could have been selected there as well. But the fact that he was, or maybe even Parsons. I think Parsons was drafted about where he should have been. So the Lions struck gold in this draft, I do believe. And, you know, I, I just think even in the undrafted free agency pool, I mean, a lot of teams pretty much got got some players that should have been drafted in the fourth and fifth round. So it just shows you the depth of this, or maybe it just shows you what they were able to dig out on some of these players due to the pandemic. You know, having to go back a few years on some of these guys who sat out, maybe that helped out. I don't know. I'm really just hoping that the depth of this class is really shown because I think everybody who basically got better. You know, you, you have draft classes that were weaker than others, you know, based on positioning or whatnot. And I just think that this was one of the better drafts for the Lions. And then there was a big lull in there when we were talking the fifth and sixth round where we didn't get anybody at that point. But, you know, and then to end up with um, Jackson in the, in the seventh round there, the last few picks of the draft, he could also be a, a, a quote-unquote steal you know, he should have probably been drafted in the fourth or fifth round, and he's there in the seventh, and you snatch him up. You might as well. It was a little confusing of a pick just for the fact that we had a full running uh, running back room at that point. But now knowing that Carrion Johnson was probably on the outs at that point makes sense. Then you have two undrafted free agents that you signed as well. So I think that between the draft class and the undrafted free agency... Um, period that they had. Plus, it's still not done. I think there's still a few roster spots open, so it'll be interesting to see if they sign another veteran or if they sign some more undrafted free agents as far as that goes. I mean, there are still some holes on this team. So, segueing into the uh, on Johnson loss, I, I think I'm going to hit on that a little bit more. After reading some of the articles out there and, and kind of seeing the writing on the wall when Jamal Williams was signed. I don't want to belabor this too much because we talked about it between Sam and I on our latest episode, but I am happy for for Carrion Johnson. I'm a little bit perplexed as to why the Eagles were their other suitors. You know, I go back to Buffalo being a perfect landing spot for Carrion. He would have been a perfect spark plug for that team and a good option on offense. So, I mean, to go with the good defense that they had and the and the young quarterback that is is tearing it up at this point. And then Stephon Diggs is Stephon Diggs. So I think they have a really good nucleus there, and he would have just added to it to a smaller running back room. Philadelphia has a ton. They drafted a, a running back as well in this draft. Gainwell, I think. So... Why, why he chose to go from the Lions, who had a large running back room, to go to the Philadelphia Eagles, who also have a large running back room now. 
I don't know if it's just familiarity with some of the players that he's got on there, so he had some comfort level. Who knows? And then we heard the news today that we didn't talk about on uh, yesterday's podcast, but the Tyrell Crosby news of the potential trade that they could be looking for or seeking to move the the young tackle there. Now, I think everybody in, in Lions land and this lounge alone alone is that, or, or all feels the same way, is that Terrell Crosby's a fan favorite, man. I think he's grown on everybody since he's been here. He was kind of a steal of a pick in the fifth round when we took him from Oregon. So it just didn't pan out that, you know, he couldn't play right away. But I think, honestly, not playing right away has helped him out, and he became that swing tackle, so to speak. That's his position. He's that guy. Can you can he start? Yeah, he started last year, you know, and 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 he started pretty well. He didn't do bad at all for what he had to do. You know, we we paid big money for Vitai to step in and be your right tackle, but didn't work. Didn't work. It was frustrating. A lot of a lot of positions didn't work last year. So, the news came out that Tyrell Crosby could be a potential a trade um, bait, if you will, to see what you can get, what dangling one of your better tackles out there. Um, I agree with, again, Eric Schlitt and a couple other uh, analysts out there and some Twitter followers that I have that I've conversed with. Tyrell Crosby is one of those guys that you really, I don't think you can afford to lose unless the offer is just outrageous enough to where you have to take it. Now, Tyrell should garner some sort of mid-round comp pick, I would say fourth or fifth round. So if your target price is a fourth round, knowing that you could potentially have a fourth round comp pick for it, why wouldn't you just ignore that or let him sign? Let him play through his contract and get that comp pick. If you think there's a better tackle out there, Eric Schlitt um, basically brought this up. I don't have the word for word, but basically what he's saying, if you're going to go steal a a fourth or a fifth round pick from a team because there's a better tackle out there than Tyrell Crosby, why wouldn't that team just go sign that tackle? So at first I was like, okay, well, let's give Tyrell Crosby a chance to start. I love the guy. He has so much energy. He is that that big teddy bear in the room that is fun to watch. He brings a smile to your face. He's, He's... uh, it's just it's like a warm spot um, it's a glow it's one of those you know he is so excited for everybody else and he doesn't care what he does you know if he wasn't even in the play he's over there hugging on people so those are good spark plugs to have on your team and you just hate to lose that but I also look at it at the other hand and say, okay, well, would somebody be willing to pay a third-round pick, and what would you get for that third-round pick next year? So it's just kind of a, a tough spot. At first, I was like, all right, let's see what we can get for him. You know, he can play for another team. You know, we've, we've got two um, stalwarts at, at tackle now with both Suell and, and Taylor Decker. But then I look at the position and how valuable it is and how sometimes that, you know, if, if you've got a player that rolls up on an ankle or a knee, you know, heaven forbid any of that happens, but you need to be able to have a tackle to come in there right away and be able to do what he needs to do on that first snap. Tyrell Crosby seems to do that. 
you know, there are so many times that tackles come in and, and the end gets the better of them more often than not, nine times out of ten. But Crosby seems to feed off of that. He's kind of that, that relief pitcher type role. And so losing that type of player is similar position as cornerback. If you can have a cornerback go out there, sit on the bench for three quarters, and you need to go in and fill in for your starter, and all of a sudden you're giving up touchdowns and touchdowns and touchdowns, that's not a, a valuable position. But if you can come in and lock them down or maybe give them two, three catches the rest of the way for a minimal yardage, then you did your job. So if you have those two positions, why get rid of those? You're trying to build something here. So the longer that I thought about it and the longer that I I pondered the fact that Tyrell Crosby could be traded for something, that's pretty cool. But at the same time, I'm not a fan of it really. And if that happens, that'd probably be one of the few things that I've kind of snuffed uh, Brad Holmes at and, and potentially Dan Campbell because I would hope he would speak up for that. You're trying to build this team from the trenches and if you've got a guy that can play a swing tackle position or be that big guy out there we've seen him be in his rookie year as an additional tackle, quote unquote tight end, with that jumbo package at the right the right side of the line or left. I mean, I, I mean, I'm typically running to the left or right because that's where he is. But I mean, you set them up there, you that's tough to stop. And now you've got running backs who are being coached the right way, and the offensive line, the starting line, who's being coached the right way, and is going to be, I believe hand over fist better than last year. So if it were me, Brad Holmes, if you're listening, let's keep Tyrell Crosby here. JP would agree with me in Twitter. He, he, he and I have been talking about it earlier today as well. And actually, I think Tyrell actually liked his, his Twitter, um, his, his tweet out there. So I, I just, let's keep, let's, let's keep Crosby here. Let's have more fun with him. Let's watch him jump around and pick people up and and give high fives and all that fun stuff. So I'm a, I'm interested to see kind of the recap of today's rookie minicamp. I'm interested to see some of the undrafted free agents and and how they can be utilized in this in this offense or defense. I'm also interested to see kind of how the rest of this weekend plays out. So. Hopefully we can get some of that coverage and we can grow our excitement even more. This is going to be a fun season. I'm so excited for it. You know, I don't want to rush away the summer, but that first game can get here pretty quickly. Um, And it's been fun to talk with a lot of the Lions fans about the potential road trips. It seems like I'm talking with more of them every day that are going to go to a few road games and it's fun to see that one pride effect in other cities and other stadiums so good on y'all I have too many kids to be jumping on a plane and going and watching some football in the other stadium I would love to do that by all means I would love to do that but I've got obligations here Uh, but I will be catching home games they're easier for me to get to I will let everybody and anybody know when I'm going, where I'm going to be, so then that way we can hang out, have some fun, talk some Lions, enjoy a, hopefully a victory and some awesome play. So this year is going to be a great year. I just wanted to jump on here again and talk Lions. 
Um, really, the only news that we had was a rookie camp today, Tyrell Crosby's potential trade movement, if you will. But just to recap, awesome draft. Pretty good free agency signings right now. Let's see what the offensive and defensive schemes look like. Hopefully this weekend we can kind of get a peek at that. It will be very minimal, but it should show something. Kind of how these rookie receivers may show up and be role players, because we do know that receiver is one of those areas that we don't know about yet. And what are we going to do with Crosby? So I just wanted to come on, say hello again, talk some Lions, kind of hang out with everybody here. I hope you guys have a great night, a great rest of the weekend, and I will talk to you soon. As always, one pride, and go Lions. Peace.